taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning and welcome to the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Peter Bukowski about his recent work. How are you going, Peter? Pretty good. I've uh, got two books coming out this year, co-written with Adelaide poet Ken Bolton and next year I'll have a new solo poetry collection called Necessary Wonder. Incredible. Um, so I've noticed that you've been spending a bit of time up in the country uh, near Bairnsdale. Uh, what did, how did you find uh, the place there? Well, our child um, found out about this Buddhist retreat north of Buchan in East Gippsland and they said it was very beautiful, isolated and we thought we'd go there and we tried it for seven nights and absolutely loved the environment there away from any traffic and all the chaos of the last three years and I said to Helen how about we come and stay here 28 nights and we decided to and the the environment of W Tree, the little hamlet there, uh, really entered my last book, Our Ways on Earth, and since then we've probably stayed there seven or eight times, just when we need a break from the big smoke. And uh, the acronym name of the place is SIBA, S-I-B-A. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's a Buddhist retreat, but it doesn't have a resident community, but it's got a resident caretaker. Yes, um, that's George, who's a practising Buddhist, but you don't have to be Buddhist to stay there. You can join in some of the activities and you can even volunteer and work there in exchange for accommodation. And so do people come up and what sort of work do they do? Um, gardening or um, there's 16 little what they call motel rooms and people sometimes volunteer to clean those for the next guests and there's four rustic cabins and a self-contained cottage so there's always work to do there's a lot of gardening work to do it's on a big amount of acreage Okay, now you've got two poems that you wrote at uh, W Tree. And uh, what's the name of the first poem? It's simply called At W Tree, 13th of March, 2023. Go ahead. Barefoot morning, all the cottage doors open, even to the choir of flies. Look up at the blue wealth of the sky. There's a hole in the pocket of that cloud. Spider, stay where you are, dormant in the top left-hand corner of the kitchen window. Over the hill, a calf has been born, settles into barn hay 
and its name. Lovely. So it's a real rural idol, isn't it? Beautiful sky and yeah. The nearest yeah. Um, shop is uh, in Buchan, which is probably a two and a half hour walk each way. <laughs> it's a long walk. Yeah. So, uh, so the place could drive some people crazy, but uh, Helen and I've always got projects. I'm reading and writing, and Helen's making clothes. So we we uh, we just park the car and only move the car once every seven to ten days to go and buy some groceries. Nice, nice. Mm. Um, and you've got a second poem from W. Tree. Would you like to share that? Yes. One time, um, a deer uh, leapt across the road, and uh, it seemed like a good omen. So I just thought I'd write a poem about. Um, the Deer and the Hunters Bound away from the tread of boots The spore of empty beer cans Leap creek and fern to a maze of boulders Mist swabs a burr-grazed flank Now there's rain Below they have tired they return to their masculine cars. Rev of engines. The convoy slurs down the hill. The meagre lights of town. Yes. Are there many deer up there? You do have the luck of seeing them and they're very beautiful. And the bit about the hunters, we didn't actually see any hunters there but it was just that idea of the deer being more knowledgeable about the local landscape than the the hunters and the victory of nature against our encroachment yes 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 um i mean on the other hand of course the deer are feral pests yeah, well, when I see one, they're very beautiful in a sort of fairy tale, storybook sort of way, and so I don't see them as pests, but I don't know what destruction they do. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, now you've also been um, on a residency up at Manchester. How did that come about? Well, Manchester in the UK is a UNESCO city of literature as is Melbourne, and I subscribe to the City of Melbourne UNESCO um, newsletter, and there was an opportunity to apply to be virtual resident with either one of Manchester's oldest libraries or the International Anthony Burgess Foundation in Manchester, which contains the archive of Anthony Burgess, who was born in Manchester, it was donated to Manchester by his second wife, the Italian translator that he that he married after his first wife actually died from alcoholism. Um, and so the archive, virtually from my kitchen table in Richmond, I got to see his record collection, I got to see his book collection, I got to read... Every article that he ever wrote for newspapers, 
I got to see interviews on American and UK television programs and my knowledge and picture of Anthony Burgess grew and grew during the residency and then I did further research. I read his two-volume autobiography and then I read the biography of him written by Andrew Biswell. And um, and a part of the residency uh, was that to to write some work in response to uh, his life and his archive. Absolutely. Um, so I read. Uh, he got sent to Malaya as a younger man, and he wrote a trilogy about Malaya. And um, I've written poems set in Malaya, and then. Of course, as I said, he was born in Manchester and his mother died when he was two years old and there's only one known photograph of her seated with the two children and Anthony Burgess' sister died incredibly young four days before the mother died and it was during the 1918 influenza plague. Wow, that must have been a, a very tough life to have, you know, grown up without a mother and yes. it's after the war and everything. Mm, yeah. he, he got farmed out to uh, to an aunt and he changed his name. Uh, he was born with the surname Wilson and somehow he had the middle name Burgess and he as a writer, he decided to be Anthony Burgess because he felt there were too many Wilsons in the phone book. Yes, well, good good strategy there. Yeah. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, Anthony Burgess was the author of Clockwork Orange, uh, later made into a very famous film. But he's, he wrote a lot of books, you were saying. He wrote 34 other books, an incredible amount of journalism, and he was also a composer and he wrote 250 pieces of music, um, including three symphonies, and he would have liked to be more recognised as a composer than a novelist. Ah, yes. Well, mm. it's like Clive James, everybody wanted to recognise him for his humour and he wanted to be recognised for his poetry. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's maybe a good idea to be uh, creative in one stream or one genre only and then you'll be recognised for that. Yes, I know. Everybody's <laughs> always praising my photography above everything else. So I know the feelings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so what would you like to read uh, from your residency? Part of the residency I was also encouraged to write about Manchester. So I watched a few films that featured Manchester and um, Anthony Burgess didn't like rock and roll and so when rock and roll came on the scene he was very opposed to teddy boys, he saw them as hoodlums etc. So I've written this poem which is a sort of visual poem about my imagining of Manchester in 1956, Manchester 1956. Rows of houses solid red brick, excrement on a welcome mat, 
a new type of chess move. Lads will be lads, whether Protestant or Catholic. A turf war to end turf wars sends mothers church-bound to pray harder for their unemployed men, pregnant daughters. New sounds on the radio. Lonnie Donegan, Bill Haley and his comets. Idle hands, cadge cigarettes. Another skint Saturday night. Sit and fume on the cold steps of the post office. There's more to be got out of the weekend than half-pints and darts. Walk past May's pawnbrokers. Musical instruments displayed in the window. Trouble sorted out once you can play the guitar. Learn some chords. Practice in the mirror. Shake up the town. So Britain, after the Second World War, was quite austere and... uh, you know, quite physically bombed many cities, some cities that didn't expect to be bombed, and the recovery period, a lot of people don't possibly realise how long it was. And uh, also women enjoyed being employed while the men were off in in Europe, and uh, some of them were reluctant to go back to just being at home So there was a bit of sort of unemployment and, you know, every generation has got its disaffected adolescents, uh, some of who become sort of delinquents or permanently unemployed and sort of mooch around. And, of course, some of them saw that becoming a pop star was possibly the new solution. Yeah, yeah, and it worked out for the Beatles and <laughs> sure, sure did, <laughs> and a few others. Yes, yeah, yeah, but um, yes, it's a grim period. Um, my grandmother used to send parcels during the war to a friend of hers who was a writer in in London, or Angela Thurkle, oh. and that continued for many years after after the war. They were still having rations, so mm. they were still sending plum puddings from Australia wow. for Christmas and. So on. Gee, yeah. yeah, yeah. We need to remember some of these things um, because now it's sort of instant gratification has become the the norm. Yes, I mean, uh, I'm I'm very grateful that we have modern plumbing, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, when I'm reading about Manchester, yeah, a lot of them had sort of outside loos and gets pretty cold in Manchester and then, you know, there was a lot of pollution. In fact, um, during the sort of cotton boom, when Manchester was nicknamed Cottonopolis, mm-hmm. uh, there was incredible amount of crowding, uh, overpopulation almost, mm-hmm. and, of course, pollution, uh, a lot of coal burning and... Uh, a lot of lung disease. Yeah. We might just go to a track. Now, you've picked one from some artists called Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, they're from Glasgow. Again, another town that's got a sort of uh, a poor relative of Edinburgh, but Glaswegian people are fiercely proud of their 
their city, their rough city, which is probably now gentrified. I haven't been there again for about 40 years. And these early Bell and Sebastian albums, um, the main person in the group had um, chronic fatigue syndrome for seven years as a young man and that's when he wrote all his songs, when he was confined horizontally uh, at home and then on a sort of government young person's encouragement scheme they got to record their first album in three days at a sort of government-provided recording studio in Glasgow. That first album was called Tiger Milk and then they got signed up by Jeepster Records in London and that album that you've got in your hand uh, has been on high rotation at my house and uh, very intriguing lyrics which uh, some people are still trying to work out. Great. So this is Belle and Sebastian from the CD If You're Feeling Sinister and the track Judy and the Dream of Horses. Judy wrote the saddest song She showed it to a boy in school today Judy, where did you go wrong? You used to make me smile when I was down Judy was a teenage rebel She did it with the boy when she was young She gave herself the books and learning She gave herself to be a number one Judy, I don't know you if you're gonna show me everything Judy, I don't know you if you're gonna show me everything Judy got a book at school She went under the covers with a torch Fell asleep till the first morning She dreamt about the girl who stole a horse Judy never felt so good except when she was sleeping Judy never felt so good except when she was sleeping Oh, 
Listening to the 3CR Spoken Word program. My name is Di Cousins, and today I'm talking to Peter Bukowski about his recent work. Um, so, Peter, tell me, uh, you were on working on this um, residency uh, with the City of Literature Manchester, and uh, and you wrote quite a few poems about Anthony Burgess. Yes, as I said, I, I read his two volumes of autobiography, and um, got a sense of his concerns and priorities and how he moved around the world a lot. And I've written this portrait poem called Anthony Burgess. talks about his two volumes of autobiography. At times in my life, I've found it attractive to leave the British Isles amongst apes, army personnel, petty bureaucrats and criminals in Gibraltar, Malaya, Brunei, Malta, Italy, the Americas. I learned a little or too much regarding religion, sex, the world's languages, good and evil, the Englishness in myself and others, adventures and misadventures, Their embellishment and fabrication became books, not bestsellers, but each a stepping stone to a reputation questioned, sometimes rubbished in the national press and petulant literary journals. A demanding subject, the self, a swamp of blood and organs, the surgeon's scalpel more lethal than a rudder, wants to make its way upstream to where the intellect resides. Outside that cave, restless to dissect, are numerous cannibals and critics. Meanwhile, I hit the typewriter keys, play hide-and-seek amongst nouns, verbs, adjectives, cigarette smoke and ice cubes, aware of another deadline. Yeah, an an interesting life. I mean, if he hadn't have written Clockwork Orange and if that hadn't been made into a film, you know, he would have have had a very different story. Yeah, he just simply persevered and, you know, the rent money and the grocery money was probably most paid through weekly journalism. Um, And he'd often go to the pub, have quite a few pints, and uh, come home and type till 2am on his manual typewriter. And his typewriter collection is in Manchester as part of the archive, and he really pummeled them. Amazing. Yeah, well, I learned to, I learned to type on a typewriter too, so... Mm. 
Yeah, my grandmother's typewriter. Anyway, let's go to, uh, you've got some poems about inanimate objects. Let's, yes. let's find out about them. So um, one morning I decided to write a poem about a pencil case. So I wrote the word, the words pencil case vertically, which is called an acrostic, and then proceeded to write the poem across each line going down using those letters starting each line. So this is called A Pencil Case and Its Owner. Passenger in my jacket pocket, a quick unzip excites, enticing me to draw, detail, nudge into being a waddling duck or debt collector, civil at first, then flying off the handle or into the sky. It's okay to meander, waltz, on or around, a page or predicament. Lightness of touch may be your rehearsal for the great depth of charcoal. Consider shading, the shady, the need to pursue or erase. A pause is often a tonic, an afternoon nap on the grass, with mild snoring, restorative. Lines fluid and exacting are now evident to each passerby. Some turn away to watch a fire engine roar past, red. Great. Amazing. And let's get to the next one. This is called Poem to the Ceiling. Cobweb Muse. Stay as you are while I consider my emotions, at times unruly amongst the furniture, some of which I inherited from my parents. You seem to be holding up well, may lisp a paint flake now and then, which I sweep under the carpet. I look to you for guidance, away from the sofa, the pool hall, the numb hoodlums, of my youth. Let me gravitate to your heights, then fall to earth near the reading lamp. A very evocative feeling, you know, lying there looking at the ceiling. Yeah. So, well, it's been wonderful to have you on, Peter. Um, And the next book is coming out with Ken Bolton. uh, It'll be launched at East Melbourne Library at... 6.45 p.m. on the 11th of October. 2023. Yeah. Great. All and right. it's the launch of two books on the same day. Excellent. To a backlog of two books that we've written. Amazing. Two, yeah. So that'll be book three and four that we've written. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get you in closer to the time to talk about those. Lovely. That'd be nice. Thanks, Di. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. So this has been the 3CR Spoken Word Program, and I've been talking to Peter Bukowski, and my name is Di Cousins. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976.